If you didn't get it, raise your hand. Last call. Okay, let's stand. So I'm going to speak this as a declaration over us, and then we'll, we'll take communion together. We'll first take the body, and then we'll, we'll take the blood. Father God, we stand here today in the midst of your power, in the midst of your glory, in the midst of your love, in the fact that you, O oh God, are covering the earth with your presence. Jesus, you said that your body was broken so that we could be made whole. So we discern today and we release today into our bodies wholeness because you have declared it first, because you gave your life for us. Lord, and as we partake of communion today, we do it in a declaration, as uh, Tim pointed out earlier, that this virus is defeated that it will not rise to the level that it intended to rise to. <clears throat> that health and healing are touching the bodies of people across the globe, even now. And Lord, we stand with the churches across the globe today that are praying this very prayer. And we say yes. We say yes. We say yes. So, Lord, we take your body now, knowing that our bodies are made, being healed and being made healthy in Jesus' name. And Lord, we take this cup that represents the new covenant, a covenant that's based on better promises, a covenant that displays your love and your plans and your purposes to all the earth, to all of mankind. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. Jesus, I thank you that this cup represents the shedding of your blood, which made a way for us to be made clean and whole. And by the blood of Christ, we stand against this virus and we say no, no, no. You will not replicate. You will not mutate. You will die. You will die by the blood of Jesus.
Thank you. Well, your turn. doesn't know, Ashton and I recently got a job um, in Seaford. I don't know where she is. She's, so, she's somewhere. Um, oh, she's out there. <laughs> um, so, huh? Okay, she's coming. I'm going to wait for her. So I work in Chick-fil-A, and she works in Lowe's. We're like right next to each other, which is awesome. Um, so we were wondering if anyone, if anyone is able to provide any rides for us. Um, we would really appreciate it. And um, for those who are, we would, we're going to leave a piece of paper and a phone number. And a phone number. <laughs> Do you have to work tomorrow? Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's what we're going to do for now. Um, yeah. And their names and numbers. So we, we're gonna, I'm going to put it all in a group chat so then um, we can put our schedules on it and then I, I guess you guys put whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But thank you in advance. That's all. Thank you. Okay. Hi. Hi, guys. Um, I haven't said anything because I'm pretty sure it's nothing. But if y'all could keep me in your prayers, I've been experiencing really bad migraines and blackouts um, and severe dizziness to the point where I can't, like, function. And I just know that's not what the Lord has for me. So I'm just asking you guys to come in agreement with that. Thank you, guys. Let's pray. We just had communion, too. Wow. We discern that you are healed. Father, we just declare healing over Astra or whatever is causing the, uh, the symptoms. We just declare now in Jesus' name that you are healed. Migraines go. Whatever the stress point is, go. Any places where the blackouts would try to come, we just cancel that out in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that healing is the children's bread. We give you glory now. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. So one of the things that we're... Oh, we're let's just do this. We're going to take an offering, okay? Okay. We're not. We're going to receive it. We're not taking it. We're not going to get in your pocket. We're just um, something that I don't. I don't bring up very often, but I think in this in this atmosphere that we're in, it's appropriate. I'm really asking the church to begin to really, in earnest, tithe, tithe the tenth of your toilet paper, tithe the tenth of your hand sanitizer. We will have baskets in the back where you can bring that in. Preferably, don't use nine-tenths of the roll and just bring the last tenth. Please, <laughs> buy ten. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Only kidding. We're, we're fine. Linda and I have now both carry large purses, and we've been lifting toilet paper all over town. 
Uh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the givers. We thank you for the generosity of this house, Lord. We thank you for the financial things that we've seen come to pass, the, the new roof going on, and uh, the other things that we are looking to sow into. So, Father, we thank you for that, and um, Lord, we just bless each giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Something I do, Rodney, if you want to put up the pictures uh, as we're doing the offering, um, and this is kind of coming up for, well, we're going to do this for a couple weeks, but this gentleman, I can't pronounce his name, but this gentleman is part of Roger and Margaret's group down in Haiti. He's one of the pastors there, and the motorcycle that he uses to get around country has died, and they're trying to get him another motorcycle, and it's 1500 bucks U.S., to, to buy a bike for him. I would really like us, that's what he would like to have. I would really like us to uh, sew into that. So if, that, if that's something you would like to be a part of, we're going to do this for several weeks. I'm just announcing it for the first time now. But um, yeah, if we could send them 1500 bucks and he can get a bike. If you're ever in a third world country, they're, they exist on motorcycles. You take their motorcycle and their wheelbarrow away, and you have brought the country to a standstill. So, and so, I, it would be great to help him do that. So, anyway, if you're if you give check or cash, just mark Haiti on there, and then we'll know where it goes, and then we send everything uh, to their account. So, thanks for that. Okay. Now. One of the other things that we're doing is each of the ministries that are a part of this church, we've been trying to bring people up, and so you, everybody can get familiar with all that goes on here. It never ceases to amaze me, no bigger than we are, the amount of things that happen on a continual basis. And so Ann Smith is going to come up and share about intercession. I'm sure those of you that come and go in and out of the building before service, you've noticed, why is that group of people? And sometimes when you walk in the front door, it's so loud that you're like, wow, there's something really happening in there. The other thing that I've from my perspective, that's been so exciting about what's being has been built and continues to grow with our intercessors is a number of times these guys are in the back, and what they're praying, what they're seeing, what they're declaring is the very thing we step into as service starts. So, and thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. So, um, does anybody know what intercession is or means? Standing in the gap? Yeah, okay. So to intercede is to pray for somebody else, maybe somebody that can't pray for themselves or to assist them is technically the word uh, of what intercession means. Um, so um, I would like to introduce the, the term, and I've, we've talked about this before, but intercession is also an oracle. I feel like sometimes, you know how, is, it, is I don't know if everybody has heard the word lexicon. Lexicon is um, like a business will have a lexicon. They have a list of words and definitions of a particular word that they use and what it means to them. Lexicons change, right? Sometimes uh, um, words are hijacked or they become, they mean a certain thing and therefore they carry certain feelings or or certain understandings with them that may or may not be truly accurate to the, to the definition of the word. So sometimes with intercession, we have a, 
maybe how we've uh, interacted with it or how we've experienced it, that word is defined a particular way. Um, what we've seen as of late is intercession has really changed maybe from past seasons, from maybe more of a, of a church, church kind of mindset. So I just want to clarify, intercession is just is simply just to pray for somebody else or to pray in their stead. Um, but it's also a, a broader term or what, what we're seeing um, in this season is how an, an intercession or an intercessor is an oracle. It's someone who speaks the word. Um, and um, as we uh, prayed this morning, power of life and death is in the tongue. So what we speak and what we pray has, has power, has significant power. So um, specifically on Sunday, when you see us in that room back there, we're praying for the day. We're praying for this atmosphere. So we're um, praying for people as they come. We're praying for our community. It's, it's focused on today. It's focused on on um, on what's happening today, and what we do in that um, in that time frame is we're preparing the atmosphere. We're preparing so that when people come, all of us come, then we can experience what God wants to wants to um, wants us to experience um, in that day. It it's also broader. We we're praying obviously for you know, the broader community, we're praying for the, our community here and, and whatever may be, may be happening. But, um, what in a, in a, another simple thing, I, I like simple, simple is, is I think a, a good thing, um, is that we're praying what God wants to pray. So there's not really a whole lot of responsibility on our part other than just being clean and listening and speaking what we hear. So what, what we're learning to do together as a team is we, we, we step in as a team, we ascend to heaven, we listen to what God says or what he wants to do uh, without our own agenda. We leave that behind. We just go up and say, Lord, what do you want? And then whatever he, we hear, whatever he tells us, that's what we speak. It's kind of that simple. I mean, it's simple and then it's, you know, sometimes the simple isn't easy, but it is simple. So we just go up, hear what the Lord's saying. We see what the Lord shows us. We experience what the Lord wants us to experience. And then we proclaim it. We deliver it. We prepare the atmosphere and, um, and we release it into heaven or in, onto the earth. Um, so basically, we're engaging heaven, bringing heaven on earth. Um, everybody has their peace. So we there's it's not like there's necessarily a leader. There's just we all it it's very much a team effort. So everybody that comes, you know, if if you choose to join us or if you choose to participate, or if the Lord lays on your heart like something you know that that you feel needs to be is important for that day feel free to come join us. It's not like you have to come every time. It's not like, uh, you know, there's it's an exclusive group. You're welcome. Um, the one thing I do ask is if you come, it needs to be focused on the group. So if you're going through a hard time and you really need prayer, that's not the place. We will pray for you, but it's, it's at a different time. 
you know, wh what that room is for is focused on the community. It's focused on, you know, what needs to happen. Afterwards, you want to come in or you need prayer, there's plenty of opportunity. We'd be happy to pray for you. But that time is really to prepare the atmosphere and to prepare things for, for that day. So when we come, when I come, you know, come prayed up, come, come clean, come focused. Uh, it's focused on the broader community and, and we're there to, to, to serve really. We're there to, to prepare the atmosphere for everyone else. My phone keeps turning off, so I'm sorry. Um, and we just, we just, uh, come, we connect, we listen. Um, and the other thing is just, I'll, I'll give an invitation. Like if you, again, if you are hearing something, if the Lord stirs in you, uh, something for that day, feel free to come. You don't even have to stay the whole time. Come tell us what you're experiencing or what the Lord's showing you and, and you can stay, you can leave. It's, it's open door. Um, it really, I would encourage you, if you feel like the Lord is telling you to, to participate, feel free to come whenever you can, but there is something significant of, of coming the whole time. Like there's a, um, we're learning in that room to, to uh, ascend and um, engage as a team. God's really pouring out a spirit of unity, and um, it is... It takes all pieces coming together to get the full picture. You know, I don't get the full picture. I come, sometimes I start things off, but then I'm like, okay, <laughs> what are you seeing? You know, and as every, it's really cool because as everybody sees what they're seeing, we start getting a full picture of what the Lord has. And, um, and Robert's right. It is so cool to come in here after seeing a bunch of stuff and then, you know, you see all the pieces fall into place in here and you hear a lot of the same stuff. And half, a lot of times you'll see some of us like look at each other like, you know, and it's because it was like, oh, my gosh, that's what we were praying. And it's like, there it is, you know, and you get to actually see it coming together. And it's so encouraging, you know, to see how we can follow the Holy Spirit, see what the Lord's doing and just see him orchestrate you know, all pieces of the day is really, really cool. Um, so I, I developed a lot of my intercession in a similar environment. So, um, for those of you that maybe have a stirring in your, in your spirit, like I feel like, you know, I get these burdens sometimes and I don't know what to do with it. And I just pray or, you know, you really want to be in training. That's a great place to just come don't feel like you have to do anything, you know, and, and at the same time, you're welcome to, to speak whatever God's showing you, but it's a great training ground. If you feel like you may be an intercessor or you got this feelings, you don't know what to do with them. Come and, and just, you know, learn how to, it's a great place to learn how to engage heaven and how to connect with the Lord and how to, you know, understand, because because what I experienced back in the day is I would see stuff, I would think I saw something or think I heard something, and then somebody else prays it out, and, you're, and I'm like, oh, I was seeing that too. Oh, that's cool. Okay, I'm not crazy. I was, you know, feeling something. So it's a good training ground if you feel like you may or may not be an intercessor or you want to develop that 
Is I feel like all of us are called to intercession to some degree. If you just want to, you know, develop that that gift, feel free to come and join us, and and I'd love to um, to have you experience that. So, any questions? Okay, that's it. You have a question? Okay. How do you feel about late people that don't come at 9 o'clock? You're still welcome. <laughs> I'm not always on time myself, so <laughs> we're all working on that. So, yes, come anyway. Hey Amen. I so appreciate the, um, the season of, of prayer that we're in. Having walked through other seasons of times, uh, I just love the heart of this group of intercessors. Um, mainly because I, I actually feel safe. <laughs> That's kind of important to me. I don't know why it should be, but it's just kind of... Um, yeah, that's enough said on that. Uh, but yeah, I just so appreciate everybody and what you guys are all doing. It's, um, you, we just, you just see how it's changed the atmosphere, and it continually changes the atmosphere, and that's just a really, really cool thing. Um, Um, you guys know that my brother had a heart transplant. Some of you do. Um, through it all and the sickness he had, they have to foreclose on their house. So he's doing what's called a short sale. So this is for my brother's wife, um, Gemma, Peter, and Matthew. So there's five of them that are at home. So just be praying because now they're looking at running someplace. But with all that John has been through, he's staying faithful to God. He knows God's in control. But we just need to pray for him and his family that they get into the place. Because the house is run down. You know, even if they dig, because uh, there is a thing where they could get the money to, you know, pay off whatever they owe. But then they wouldn't have any money to fix the place up. So, and it is six acres of land, so that's a lot for him to take care of, too. So, just keep him in prayer, continue. Because he's doing good as far as the trans. The only thing he's got is this virus that's not contagious, but it just kind of is, you know, I guess we all have viruses in us, but this one they can't figure out how to control it. So, anybody looking for six acres of land? I, I know a place you could get. Um, yeah, so this, I, I want to catch us up on some things. This has kind of been, this last two weeks have been pretty fast moving um, on a lot of different fronts. A lot of things changed, uh, like, overnight. And I want to catch us up on some things and then just talk about a couple things, too, just for us and where where we are at this at this point in, you know, where, where everything has shifted. I mean, it's... You know, no matter where you look right now, you you can see the um, the outworking of what's what's happening globally, um, and uh, if we find the warehouse where the guy that's buying all the toilet paper is hiding it, <laughs> I'm putting the address on Facebook, and I'm going to encourage us all to go there at the same time. I know he's got it. 
I just can't figure out where the warehouse is. I, um, so anyway, the, I'm going to start with uh, touching the Father's heart. We've postponed that uh, when once the governor, you know, put out this week that uh, he really didn't want assemblies of a hundred or more people for for things that pretty much um, sealed the deal for us. We just we couldn't do it, and of course the the governor had only put his statement out probably 30 minutes when the pastor from Eagles Nest is sending me a text message going. Well, what are you doing? I mean, are you going to cancel? I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. I just, can I have like an hour? <laughs> you know, uh, so we, we started working through that. So one of the things that we're doing is if you've already pre-registered and you want a refund, just send me a message and we'll refund what you paid. If you would prefer to just stay registered. So when we do it, you're already registered. You're welcome to do that. Either way, it, that's totally your call. If you're going to ask for a refund, I do need you to do that within 30 days. It just makes it a lot easier for me to make the elect electronic uh, refund that way. After 30 days, it gets a little more cumbersome. Uh, we're, Renee's working really hard. We've already talked to Harold and we've talked to Martin. Everybody is on board going, yeah, we want to do it as soon as we can possibly do it. So we're working on dates now. My thinking is we're looking at late summer, early, you know, into the early fall is probably what, what we're shooting for. But I haven't seen the dates back yet from Harold or, uh, Jonathan or, um, Martin. So I don't know what they're, what they've sent us, but we are going to do it. Um, it's just too, too, the whole conference ha is going to be so amazing that it's like, no, we're not going to just push it off to next year. We're not going to just go, oh, well, it was a nice thought. No, we're going to do this. Amen. And um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be, an it's just going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And as like so much of this stuff happens, by the fact that it's been delayed actually gives us more time to promote it. Yeah. And some of the last minute stuff that we were working hard to get worked out, it's now no longer last minute stuff. <laughs> it's now the full announcement. So we're just starting, we hit the reset button, we're starting fresh, everything's going and we're just going to move forward. As soon as we get the date, that date will get out there so everybody can know. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's that's where we are with touching the Father's heart. The other thing that was suggested, and you can do this, uh, um, if you would like a refund, you were thinking about a refund, but you um, there's another option, and and uh, you. Yeah, uh, it's. It's my head. It's my head. It's just what's going on in my head. You can, you can designate it to be used for what's for uh, children's lunches over the next couple of weeks as school was out, because that's the next piece I want to talk to you about. One of the things that came out of yesterday's ministry team meeting was the idea that, okay, school's out for two weeks, right? Isn't that what it is? Like two weeks? Yeah. Right now. Yeah. 
So at least for two weeks. Part of that was the Easter vacation, and part of it is schools closed. So what that does, that creates a logistical problem for the, all the school districts because children that depend on getting fed at school are not at school. And so it's how, do, how does the schools get food to them? Now, um, in talking with Amy, they're the district she's in. They have a food truck that can do some of that. I talked to my niece uh, who... Uh, works in Milford School District, and just, I didn't know it until I called her, happens to be the one in charge of the whole food distribution thing for Milford School District. And they were meeting this morning at 9.30. So I called her and talked with Sarah. We had a good conversation. And this is what I'm, I propose. This is what I want to propose to you. And uh, I'll be talking to her later today to get the details uh, at as I talked to her last night, Milford School District is gearing up that by Wednesday, food is available to the kids. Um, and of course, for a school district, it's a monumental thing to do all this. It's more than just going, well, you just make some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and, you know, put them in the lobby. It's like, you know, it's not, not, I mean, there's just a ton of stuff that I don't even know about. But so this is what I'm proposing that we can do as, as a church community and what I propose to Sarah. Anybody who, maybe your, your own business has put you on working at home or, or you're just somebody that, you know, you have some time. What I would like us to be able to do is partner with Milford School District to deliver food to the homes of the children that, are, that need to get food. They know who they are. They know where they live. I mean, it's, it's not a, a big deal that way. It's just a matter of saying, yeah, on these days, I can pick up food and I can deliver food to these 10 homes or whatever we're able to do. But I think it's just a great way to, to come alongside um, the, our local institutions that are already stretched beyond measure with this whole decree that's been made I mean, it's, it's one thing as the governor to shut something down, and I get all that. I'm not kicking against that. But, but with any decision we make at that level, it affects a multitude of support systems. And, and, it's, and the, the, the personnel of the district itself, they don't have enough personnel always to make all this happen. So we are the community, and this is a great opportunity to step in and be Christ imagers and get food out to the kids. And uh, we might come away learning something brand new about how our school district functions that we never knew before because we just ride past the buildings and don't give much thought to what actually goes on in those buildings on a daily basis. And, you know, the kids that they're dealing with and so forth. So there'll be more information coming out about that. If you would like to do that, I, you know, and I'm... Even if you say, well, I can only do one day a week. I, you know, at this point, it's only for two weeks as far as I know. So whatever you can do, just let me know that you're available. And after I've talked with Sarah and find out what they actually need, then uh, I will let everybody know and we'll go from there. Um, it was brought up about Woodbridge School District. I don't have any contacts there. I don't even know who to call. So... You know, this may be something that Woodbridge School District 
especially in the Greenwood area, is needing as well. Uh, and and if so, and we can help, I mean, I just think we need to help wherever we can. Does that sound good to you? Okay. Final piece. I, I this whole th I, um, I've gone back and forth how to how to approach this, and I and I so I think I'm going to start by telling you kind of why I think the way I think, which might help. Well, I mean, I I have reviewed this with my therapist, <laughs> and I know I'm allowed to share in public. Uh, all the names have been blacked out. Uh, one of the things, like when, when a, a situation like we're in right now comes along, and it doesn't come along very often, but it does come along. It is part, about, it is part of being the human race on planet Earth. Things do happen. Some of them are by our own invention, and some of them are by natural development. But they do happen, and we are all in this thing together. And um, it, it, um, it, it bothers me immensely at a personal level when I watch uh, things come down to where there's just arguing and disagreement and second-guessing every decision that everybody is making. Um, what I'm pretty convinced of, pretty sure of, is most people that are working in the sector of, uh, of that's making these decisions, that's trying to figure out what's to do, what to do, that's trying to develop things, the vaccines and so forth. I, and this might just be naive on my behalf. And if it is, it's my world, leave me alone. My therapist said I could say that. <laughs> I think that the vast majority of people are doing the best they know how to do with the information they've been given. Is there a diabolical element? There always is. It's called the human race. But that's not the sum total. The vast majority of people are there trying to do their best to make decisions. And just my own experience in making micro decisions that don't create a lot of waves. I, I, uh, I stand with our governor when he says, this is what we're going to do. That's a hard decision to make. I stand with our president when he says, this is what we're going to do. These are hard. These aren't just decisions about whether I'm going to go grocery shopping at Walmart or Redner's. I mean, when the President of the United States makes a decision, it affects the whole globe at some level or any other leader in any other country. So I, I, I want to position my heart in such a way that I want to hear, and, and Anne talked about it when she was talking about intercession, I want to be at a place where I move above the noise, and I move above the arguing, and I move above the name-calling, and I move above people that use situations like this to angle for their own stuff. I want to move above those voices, 
and go, well, God, what are you saying? And how am I supposed to live? I can't control how anybody else lives. I'm not, if I walked into Redner's today and somehow magically toilet paper is re-emerged in that store, I'm not going to load up my shopping cart with 12 packs of toilet paper. I'm going to buy what I normally buy and I'm going to go home because there's other people that need to buy it as well. So um, I, I, I want to position myself so I live in that way. I think if I'm going to be a Christ imager, I think that's part of how I image. The other thing that, that really, uh, so once we can move away from all the noise, the other thing that, and again, this is just my own experience. So my life started when polio was still crippling people. I have a scar on my arm. It's kind of faded by now, but I have a scar on my arm, and it messed up my whole week at Boy Scout camp because I got vaccinated for polio. But people around me that I know, that my family knew, contracted polio and are still dealing with those consequences. But at a certain point, a vaccine was found. And when we were vaccinated as kids, somehow you felt a little safer because something had shifted. I remember when measles and mumps and chicken pox were the normal school year. And schools got closed because a bunch of us had bumps all over us. And we had to sit in dark rooms. And they told you, like if you were a guy, they told you these stories. I forget which, I think it was chicken pox, like mumps. Yeah. Well, don't let the mumps go down on you. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, if the mumps go down on you, you'll never be able to have kids. Where down are the mumps going? I'm kind of swollen up here. Don't ask so many questions, just don't let it happen. Okay, so you stay swolled up going, are they down? Did they go down? I don't know if they went down. And somehow you kind of live through it. And I have had children. So obviously, they didn't go down. I grew up in that environment. I, I, I grew up in a place where, and it might just have been the family and the culture that I was in, we never had an expectation that the government would fix every problem that we had. That wasn't even in our thinking. We didn't even have an expectation that presidents of the United States were moral people. Because we hadn't seen any. And that was kind of the, 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 the perk that came with the job. You get that, then you get to do this. And then nobody talks about it. I'm not saying, and don't in any way hear me saying, well, those were the good old days. <laughs> there was, they were not the good old days. This is the best day. 
And I'm thankful that things have changed. I'm thankful that as a human race, we, we have gotten to the place that certain things that were acceptable at that season are not acceptable anymore. I was small, but I remember segregation. I remember what it was like to live that way. I remember what it was like when in Newcastle County, a judge said all the schools in Newcastle County must have this percentage of white kids and this percentage of black kids. In Newcastle County, everybody that lived there at that time, I, I know at least in my parents, the reason you moved to the development you moved to was because of the school district you wanted your kids to go in because not all school districts were equal. Newark School District at that time was one of the better school districts in Newcastle County. My parents could have lived anywhere in Newcastle County, but we lived in Newark, so I could go to Newark High or to the whole system. Um, but then at a judge's order, they started taking kids out of their community and busing them across the county to some other school, removing kids from their whole support structure. And it went both ways. They bus black kids all the way over here. They were busing white kids all the way over there. And all of a sudden, you had grown up in a school district where you knew people. You went to school with each other. You, as a grade, you moved up. And all of a sudden, a third of our class was gone. And some of them were shipped to this district, and some of them shipped to that district. And it's only been, like, I think in the last five years, that, or something like that, that they finally got around to saying, okay, that whole program, it, it, we're not doing it anymore. Because they hadn't been doing it for, for quite a while. But what you watched was good intentions, I think, but the outworking was bad results. I think the judge meant well, but the results weren't good results. Because what it did, it ultimately decimated communities. And the community that suffered the most was the community they were trying to help the most, which was the black community. All of a sudden, you took people out of a community that these were families, these were relatives, these were people that knew each other, that had been, that had been the support system for families growing up. And you start taking people out of that community and shipping them all the way over here and placing them in a community where they don't know anybody. And, it, and you watched it didn't serve its purpose. Again, I'm not trying to make a uh, political statement as much as I'm just saying we are human beings and we're all trying to figure out how to live on this thing called earth. And for those of us that have become Christ followers, our challenge is how do we reflect Christ when we live in places where there's difficulty? where things don't work well, where political decisions that are made may be made with good intentions, but they had bad results. You know, what it, so that, I grew up in that world. I didn't expect government to fix everything. I still don't expect government to fix everything. Only thing I'm really asking is, can you at least leave me alone enough so I can try to fix my part? I, I know what it's like, and, I, and this has actually become a rich experience for me over the years. I know what it's like to go into another country, not as a tourist, 
to just live in the sterile world that tourists see of a country, but to go into a country where I live in the houses with the people. I eat their meals. I become, as best I can, I become like them. I can't become them, but I can become like them, and I want to appreciate them. I, um, years ago, I made a statement, and, and someone took me aside and thankfully took me aside and said, I, I think I know what you're saying, but you really should stop saying that. It's not, it's not really good. I would say, when I, when I look at somebody of color, I don't see color. I just see a person. And I knew what I meant by that, kind of like my lexicon. This is how I did it. But what I was saying, in a, what the person pointed out to me was, when you say that, you're actually being disrespectful. Because you're, what you're saying is, the person in front of me, I really don't see you. I'm seeing something other than that. Instead of being able to say, no, I see you. And I see the color of your skin. And I celebrate the color of your skin. And I celebrate your culture. And I celebrate what you came from. And I know that you're, you have a story from where you started to where you are. And I want to hear your story. And I want to honor your story. I love the way that Jesus engaged people as he went about doing good. And I think it's important for all of us to take the time to hear the story. Ask somebody, how did you get to where you're at? Tell me your story. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to, you know, I don't, I don't have to take it apart. I don't have to comment on it. I just need to be a good listener. Just hear the story. And then celebrate that person that's standing in front of me and realize, man, this person right here has been created in the image of God. They carry the essence of my father, their father, inside of them. And given the right opportunity, I maybe can help them discover more about who father is in them than they might know. And along the way, they're going to help me discover more about who father is in me that I don't know because I can't get there without you. And I can't get there with the people that I encounter. But I appreciate being able to go into another country like I get to do and, and be there and be in that environment. I appreciate the fact that I can come in when I go to Haiti, that um, I become the minority. My voice isn't as important as it is here. I don't, get to, I don't get to do things the way I do it here. When I walk into a store in Haiti, I'm aware that I've just walked into a store. And I'm aware that I'm being watched. And I'm aware that the guy with the AK-47 around his shoulder is looking at me. And he keeps staring at me. And given the right set of circumstances, he might shoot me. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm just saying that's the way it is. I, when now, you know, I've talked a little bit about going to Kenya. I'm totally stoked about going to Kenya. Our trip, we couldn't go because of all the stuff. Elijah and I had to cancel our plane tickets, but just like with the conference, we are going. It's just delayed. But I'm aware when I go into Nairobi, and when I travel in other places around Kenya, I'm aware of the fact 
that there's an element of people around me that hate me because I'm white. And given the right opportunity, they will kill me. If I find myself in the wrong section of town, and it happens to be a, an area, not so much in Nairobi, but if I find myself in a section of the country that's under the, the influence of El Shabaab, they will kill me. Or at the very least, they'll capture me and try to use me as a pawn to get money. And the only reason they're going to do that is because I'm white. I feel it's really important to feel that. I'm not looking to be sacrificed. I'm not looking to be killed. And I'm not looking to go to the same restaurant El Shabaab eats at. So I'm going to use wisdom. When they say that section over there, don't go over there. Gotcha. I'm just following you. Wherever you go, I'm going. When we go to Haiti and we're at the Clarks, we live in a compound. In the street, right in front of the compound, people are out playing basketball. That, that community is functioning. We can't go out there. When we leave the compound, we leave, leave in a vehicle. The gate's immediately shut and locked. And it's important for us to get off the street as soon as we can with the vehicle to go on to do what we're going to do because it's not safe. But you don't, you don't go out and walk up and down the street because there's a good chance something's going to happen. Again, what I'm trying to say is, or trying to give is like, when I look at things, this is, how, this is why I look at things the way I do. It's, it's kind of how I've arrived at a certain place. And um, so for me, I, I want to see solutions on the earth. I want to see things better than they are. I believe that I can't be a Christ imager if I don't look around this planet and go, right there, I can make a difference. Not everybody gets to do what I get to do. Not everybody wants to do what I want to do. And that's the other place that we have to, if we're going to be the body of Christ and walk in unity, we have to allow each person to rise to the place that God's speaking to them. So if God's given you this interest into that area, do it with all the zeal you got. But don't look back at me as if somehow I'm either not spiritual or I don't have faith or I don't care or I don't love or whatever because I'm not jumping in your boat and paddling with you across the pond. But I've also not said jump in my boat. If you want to, you can, but it's, that's your decision. And even, even with what we're doing as we're walking through these next couple weeks, and, and that if they become longer, we don't know at this point. But even as we walk this out, you know, today there's churches that didn't have services. We had service. That's not a statement as to who has faith and who doesn't. It's just, this is who we are. In all of our years of being this church, there's only been several times where we just have canceled church and said we just can't do it and yet that's usually with three feet of snow and even with that three of us will go no no we'll go 
Oh, God, I just got a new jacked-up Dodge, man. I've been waiting for three feet of snow for two years. We're going to do church, you know, and four of us drag ourselves in here. It's not a statement of who has faith and who doesn't. I just, for me, my, my conviction is, as a community, the door should be open. And then everybody is free to make what decision you need to make for what you feel is either your personal safety, whether it's too bad to drive, or I, I, I got a you know, comp, uh, compromised immune system. You, whatever your reason is, it's fine. And it's not a lack of faith. It's not a place of uncaring. It's, it's none of that. We're here. The doors will be open unless the government says, nope. You know, we're going to lower the restriction even more. We're going to, I mean, we're going to comply. I'm not, also not like, I don't know, tell us what to do. I saw something the other day, and it's like somebody made a post and said, well, I finally see now how the Germans killed all the Jews. It started. And I went, that's the most ridiculous statement I've ever said. The governor just said, don't assemble in groups of more than 100. He hasn't started concentration camps. They're not. It's like, why would you even make such a ridiculous comparison? It's insane, the stuff that's out there. So I, I limit myself anymore. I, I don't. I'm not a news watcher. I, I used to be an avid news watcher. That was another thing my therapist asked that I stop. Um, <laughs> I watch just enough to, to feel that I have some pulse on where things are progressing. But I'm not, I'm just not. I don't need news 24-7. So I get what I can. I have a couple of sources that I enjoy. And I have a couple of sources that I watch just because I don't enjoy them. And out of all that, I think I get a relatively good mix of what's happening out there. Um, I've, I've even started very much limiting myself to f on Facebook, and I have definitely limited myself to having any comments on Facebook. Um, I just don't think it serves anything. And in my position, it doesn't serve this church well if I'm running my mouth on Facebook. So... I'm content with the cute kittens, the dog, and an announcement about what we're doing at church. Other than that, I try not to. Every now and then, I get suckered in, and then I feel bad afterwards, and I don't take communion. <laughs> but by and large, I really try. As, I just, I just, I don't think it's. I don't think it serves. At least I don't, that's my conviction. So anyway, all that being said, that's when, when you hear me make some statement about something or I'm standing up in front and I'm talking about it, it's kind of, that's just how I grew up. That's the world that this dude started in. It's how I got where I'm at. I've survived the measles. I've survived the mumps. I've survived chicken pox. Um, I've stepped on nails, I've, I mean, you name it, 
somehow I'm 65 years old, I've lost enough skin to build at least three new bodies. I, I will say, I have never had a broken bone. Yeah, I've never had a broken bone. Yeah. And, you know, I, the, the kids are all in Sunday school. Um, a couple years ago when I had my appendix out, all right, so I'm 65, so I was 63, and the doctor's wanting to know my medical history, and, well, where's all your surgeries at? I said, never had surgery. She looks at me, and she goes, you've never had surgery? I said, never had surgery. I said, never had a broken bone. And she, she was this little lady. She was about that tall. Black lady from South Carolina with a South, she had, a light, she had Shirley's accent. And, and she looks at me and she goes, wow, so you've never been operated on. I said, no, ma'am, I have never been operated on. She goes, it's not every day I get a 63-year-old virgin. <laughs> so not being one to let that go by, when I came out of anesthesia, I looked at her when she was just asking me my first questions back into the real world, and I said, I only have one question. She goes, what's that? I said, was it as good for you as it was for me? <laughs> I said, I've saved myself all these years just for you. <laughs> And that's the gospel according to Robert. <laughs> We're going to make it through this. The human race is actually adjusting now. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made. It's an amazing thing that our human bodies, who is, who, that it's never been exposed to an intruder like this before, is already developing natural antibodies to fight this. You know, eventually, you know, a vaccine. I mean, all the normal things that happen, it, it, it'll all happen. Faith activates it. Faith activates it, exactly. Exactly. So we're going to keep moving forward. Uh, th this is not the sixth bowl of Revelation. That one floated around this week as well. If you want the sixth bowl of, of revelation, yeah, regulation, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably that right there. There you go. I just prophesied. <laughs> go have a bowl of Wheaties. And we're going we're gonna to do what we're being asked to do as a community. We're going to do what's being asked, we've been asked to do from a governmental side, and we're going to do what we're being asked to do from a kingdom side. And we're going to go out, and we're going to do it, and we are going to lay hands on the sick. In the New Testament, in the Old Testament, the leper's driven out of the community, and nobody can have contact. In the New Testament, you lay hands on the same leper, and they're healed. That's the shift. That's a big shift. So we don't move by fear, we move by faith. 
we pray for those. We love on people. We give where we can. Uh, we serve where we can. And at the end of the day, it's just another good day. And we're just going to keep going. So bless you guys. I, I don't I don't know if this helped anybody, but I just, we're moving on. We're not looking back. We're moving on. We will survive. That's an that's a old song, right? I will survive. Break into that. Yes, you will survive. You're going to flourish. And actually, if we can, if you can hear this, be anticipating for increase to come your way, even in this season, even in this season. It's the way the kingdom works. There, there is more than enough. There's more than enough. So be anticipating increase. Look for ways for increase to come. Ask Father for wisdom. Um, and it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how, how, how you'll see things happen that you had not planned on, but he planned on them. And he's got you. He's got you. Bless you. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for everybody that came out today. And Lord, we just continue to declare healing over each person. Even uh, the flu is still out there moving around. So even flu and just common colds, all the things that this season, this time of year has a tendency to catch us with, we just release health, wholeness, and healing over everyone. That you are the one that surrounds us. You surround us. So, Father, we thank you. We give you praise. And, Lord, let us uh, just open the doors for us to image you in these next couple weeks in our community. Lord, we pray for the kids that are going to be home, this, the teaching staff that are uh, still having to do the things they've got to do. Um, Lord, at every step, let, uh, let peace come. Let the absence of fear be in our community. Uh, let the, the need to... Uh, to hoard things, let that be brought down and that people step back into a, a normal flow of life in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, come up. The prayer team would love to pray for you. Otherwise, those of you that are here for the first time, thank you. Please come back and be blessed and have an awesome week.